So, we like to think of ourselves as a certain age, with a certain preference and a certain persona. But what's quite interesting is to to truly investigate into into what we are. And in doing so, what we uncover is what might be called our inheritance. And discerning between the difference of something being ours or something being mine. And that is, it's part of me. It is a part of me. Um, I own it versus or the differentiator. I'm responsible for this. I carry the weight of responsibility, but it is not of itself a part of me. I'm, it's, I'm responsible for it, but it's not me. And I don't own it. So, for example, we take feelings often as our own. We say, this is my feeling. And very quickly, we can see that feelings are shared across all of humanity. And all of humanity shares the same feelings. Don't they? Fear, guilt, resentment. Anger, pride, jealousy, uh, hopelessness, apathy, uh, yada, yada, da. So this is what experientially at first seems personal. If we look into it, investigate and realize it's actually impersonal. And it's like by being a human, we inherit the responsibility of dealing with feelings. It's just something we've got to deal with whilst being human. Same goes for thoughts. We say, this is my thought, this is my thought, it belongs to me. I'm thinking this thought. Actually, we see that, well, thoughts go across all of humanity. They're collective in that sense. And the capacity of thinkingness is something that ticks of its own, isn't it? Because if thoughts were yours, you could say, stop thoughts and stop, but it's not. So you're responsible for how you deal with it, but it's not you, because otherwise you could just say stop, and it's stop, because it's you, but it doesn't, you can try it. <laughs> uh, so thoughts are an inheritance, feeling are an inheritance, and what we can call the ego is also an inheritance of the human condition, so it's not it's not us, it's not me, it's not you, it's not we, <laughs> it's not what we are, but it is an inheritance, it is something that we are responsible for how we deal with it. And what helps is to understand the nature of this ego, what is this ego, because there's so many belief systems, so many ideas about what it is, and very common vilifications, and making it look like an enemy, so what is it really? That's just a simple question. What is it really? A good place to understand to start is like <laughs> to to remove to chip away any assumptions that I know what it is. Even speaking from for myself to be like, okay, well, what is this? What is this really? So let's start. Let's anchor this in our experience. In life, there we could say that there's a part of us that wants to be free, wants to be at peace, that that is interested in peace and enjoy, at least in some of us, at least in the people listening to this podcast, there there is that part interested in joy or else they wouldn't be listening to this podcast, that part that wants joy. And yet, 
that part that undoubtedly wants total joy and total peace and total bliss. And yet that's not the experience of, of life, is it? Most of us, it's not the experience of total joy, of bliss, of peace. And yet there's a part that wants it. So what's that all about? What's that all about? So then we see there's this other part. There's this tendency away from joy, away from peace. A tendency to engage in stories, to engage in self-dialogue, to to get caught up in drama, to to push things away, to want things to have be a certain way. There's there's a tendency to want to be right, to want the satisfaction of being right, the satisfaction of being a victim, the satisfaction of 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 just being lazy. That's what's something that's I know very well. <laughs> um, the satisfaction of 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 hating someone. The satisfaction. There's this there's this other part that that isn't interested in joy or peace, quite frankly. Otherwise, if we only had this part that was only interested in joy, if that's all there was, that's all we were responsible for, that's all that's all, then that's all there would be, wouldn't there? Just this joy, just this peace. And yet for most of us there hasn't been this total transcendence of this other part which goes in the other direction. And says, no, why would I want peace? That's boring. <laughs> peace is boring. Why? Why Why would I want this? And we mean happiness. I have to be happy with this person, but then I wouldn't be right anymore. Then they wouldn't be wrong. But what about that? So there's this other part. And so if we ground it in experience, then I think we can make... Um, some some big strides in our understanding of the ego and we can say that the part of us that tends to so think of like magnetic laws of attraction but a bit different because usually magnetic laws of attraction is like goes to like positive goes to negative but in this case think positive goes to positive so like goes to like and negative goes to negative so Joy goes to joy, that part within which seeks joy goes to joy, right? Obviously, the part that seeks peace goes to peace, the part that's interested in peace goes to peace. And then there's this other component. If we presume that we have free will, then we choose everything. There's this other component that goes in the other direction that doesn't want peace and so doesn't get it, that doesn't want joy and so doesn't get it goes in the other direction it chooses to go in the other direction so what is this part of us that chooses to go in the other direction of peace and joy towards the direction of satisfaction of being right of of pushing away peace what is that part and can we come to some sort of understanding of this part of us which we might call the ego. And so here is where it's helpful to then go back in time. Back in time. So again, we like to think of ourselves as, I don't know, however old we are, 20, 30, 40. But really we see that we have inherited these feelings, these thoughts. We've inherited our the body. The body it didn't just pop in. It took billions of years of evolution to have this body. For this body to 
the whole to be here the whole line of animal evolution from first animal cell had to occur right so the what what this body mind is is not separate from the entire evolutionary line of the animal kingdom and so it carries within it the inheritance of the animal kingdom and that that my friends we can call the ego with greater clarity and so when we see it that way there's nothing to vilify it's just an evolutionary mechanism that's all the ego is just the evolutionary mechanisms that come with being a part of um, the animal kingdom so being a part of the animal kingdom we have the emotional faculties and those instincts of the reptiles so we see our, our brain if I Google it, I'm going to spend a bit more time. So we'll just say what the brainstem is, what, like over 700 million years old, at least. And then the midbrain is like 300 million years old. And then the forebrain is a couple hundred thousand years old, if not like 140 from memory. So it's all, we. What what does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with, you know, I'm 22. What does that have to do with being 22? Am I 22 or am I a billion, four billion years old evolutionary line? We see that anytime we give ourselves some sort of age, that's just an idea. It's just a belief system saying we are this old. It was really saying that this body is this old, but really the inheritance that we carry being human is a lot older than this body. And that's where the difficulty comes from. And that's where the ego comes from. So we see then that as humans, we carry those base instincts, the fight or flight response that is quite prevalent in a lot of the population. It's also what we carry is the emotional faculties of the midbrain, right? The mammalian brain, where those emotional capacities arose. That's something that we have inherited, all those emotions, and they, it's kind of pretty simple to recognize this through honesty, that emotions, feelings occur of their own, very, have very little to do with our own volition. If we want a feeling, whether we don't want a feeling, the feeling is there. <laughs> and then it's up to us to deal with it, however we deal with it. That's up to us. But the fact that it's there is not up to us. The fact that it arises is just the fact that it arises. And so it could be said that it's an inheritance. There's all this pain and suffering that arises from thinking that, or from identifying with the feeling, from identifying with the thought, saying it's my thought, it's my feeling. And so just simply just recognizing that it's actually just a feeling. It's just a thought. It's just part of the collective inheritance of being human. It's having feelings and having thoughts. It has nothing to do with you or your choices or your intellect or your efforts. <laughs> it's just uh, an inheritance. Um that tends to release and that tends to bring us face to face with the question well how what am i going to do with it now so am i going to mope am i going to push it away I'm going to push away this inheritance or am i going to take it on and say okay well sure and now it's up to me these are the hand this is the hand that was dealt and now it's up to me how i how how i deal with it what i what 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 i play what i play how i use it 
And so what's very helpful is actually to go back into the animal kingdom and see to the first cellular life. If we look at that, then we can start to understand the ego and the mechanisms of the ego. Because as I see it, the ego is just, it just developed increasingly clever and complex mechanisms. But the essence of those mechanisms is the same as our very first cellular life. And so if we look at the first animal cell and look at the essence of it, we can find the essence of the ego in a nutshell. And what the animal cell, the animal cell didn't have its own source of energy. So it had it to get, had to get energy. And so this ego was this mechanism of, of getting, of getting energy. Of moving away from that which will kill, <laughs> will hurt, will end the animal cell's life. Or at least that form of life. And move towards that which you know, will sustain it. And that is the core, that's the essence of the ego, which is still within us, right? There's that, there's that part which wants to get which craves and wants to get, wants to have, wants to keep. And there's that part that moves away. It says, oh no, pushes away. And so the ego, our experience at least, of the ego seems to be this, between this pushing away and getting. <laughs> it's like wanting to get that so bad, and then also not wanting that. In other words, being stuck between aversion and attraction is the crux of the ego as I can see it. And that's just our inheritance being part of the animal kingdom. And we can come to a place of acceptance with that when we see that it was a necessary evolutionary component of evolution. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened, right? So without it, this body mind wouldn't be here. and We wouldn't be here consequently. But due to it, we are here. Yeah, sure, we've inherited the difficulties that comes with it, but we've also at the same time inherited the opportunities that come with being a human. The opportunities which are primarily to do with choice and being able to choose anything that that we want. To choose anything. To choose between the absolute worst and absolute the between being Hitler and between being saints, <laughs> being Jesus. <laughs> Of, of walking the path of self-inquiry or sp spiritual, the, realizing the essence of truth and becoming our most loving self, or if we want, we can be the most hateful self, most vengeful pricks that we want. And we can also give everything away to, to the extent where we put total selflessness above any wanting to get anything for ourselves which totally goes uh, absolutely against the ego, which seeks to get for itself, keep for itself, and move away from anything that might um, ha uh, harm those chances. <laughs> and so we see that there's this opportunity to actually totally transcend the, the ego, that is, that tenacity to crave, to get, to have, and the fear of not having... So the, the desire to have and the fear of not having, the desire to get and the fear of not getting, 
the desire to be and the fear of not being, <laughs> we, we have this immense opportunity um, to transcend that. And this opportunity comes at the uh, with an inheritance also, or a responsibility to deal with all the all that which led to this point. So all those those feelings and those that that what we might call the monkey mind or the, the crazy chattering mind, <laughs> um, and all those thoughts that come with it, all the craziness and the illusions. Um, is just something that has been inherited, but it is not the self. Because we can recognize that when these things, as they start to dissipate, then there is still something left. There is that which you are is still there. The presence is still there. So that these feelings, these thoughts were never, were never the self. They were just feelings and thoughts. Every feeling is just a feeling. Every thought is just a thought. That which is aware remains aware regardless of whether a feeling is present or not, regardless of whether a thought is present or not. That which is aware is there. And that sense of I, that sense of presence, of I am, is always there also, regardless of what's going on on, on top of that awareness. And so simply understanding this can help accept it, my own experiences and then allow it to be as it is and actually in understanding it and then allowing it to be which are really kind of one and the same what happens is the resistance to it starts to melt away and there's now this compassion for the ego because the ego is not transcended by pushing it away or denying it or fearing it it's just transcend like anything else through love and through compassion. And so this understanding facilitates this acceptance and this compassion arising very naturally when you see that, wow, that's just my inheritance. The ego, this part of me that wants to, that's this part that wants to get, that wants to move away from, that's just, that's the part of me, that's the the, the characteristics, the qualities that, it, that got the body-mind here. And so that's actually something to even be grateful for. <laughs> and so you can actually even start to see the grace of it, the beauty of it. Though difficult at first, it starts to reveal itself. That this thing is just something else to love. It's just another opportunity to step into greater acceptance. Just another opportunity to step into greater compassion and greater love for that which is. And as the ego is loved... It's melted or it's melted away in love. That's how that's how tr the transcendence occurs. It's like this meltingness in a love, which, in my own experiences, it, it's not really something that's forced. You don't look at yourself now and you say, "I'm so bad. I'm going to love my. I should love more." <laughs> it's more of you just become aware of how you are now. And start welcoming that more and more more and more becoming more and more aware of that which you are and at the same time welcoming it and, and this welcoming is facilitated through this understanding so again understanding oh wow yeah you know these feelings are not mine these thoughts they're not mine 
this part that wants to go towards, move away from, that's not me. That's just the ego. That's just this animal nature. That's just the evolutionary line of the animal kingdom. What does it have to do with me? Yeah, I'm aware of it. Yeah, I'm responsible for it. But what does it have to do with me? And see how there's like a natural acceptance that comes from understanding. And that acceptance leads to then a love. Through the realization of, wow. Well, thank you. I mean, owe you my life. <laughs> this this clingingness, this moving away from, to a certain extent, or at least it wouldn't be here, as I am now, without it. Without the opportunities that are present right now. And so that comes very naturally through this acceptance, through this understanding of the ego, which isn't anything bad. Um, it's just animal nature and so now we can start to see humanity differently we can start to see that within everyone is this capacity to love this capacity to grow into this compassion and at the same time there is that that animal uh animal side there's that animal kingdom instincts inheritance emotional capacities emotionality and he's a very emotion, emotional species. Um, and we can then recognize the suffering that comes from identifying with that part. Of course, there's going to be a lot of suffering when you identify with the, with the animalness of the ego. When you think that it's you and you try to change it. Remember, what's happening is there's an identification and then there's a wanting it to be different wanting ourselves to be different than we are wanting this that that which we have identified as us to be different than what it is when it can't be because it just is what it is <laughs> otherwise it already be different and we can see that we can melt that suffering and understanding with simple questions like who am i to say that this should be different who am i to say that there shouldn't be this movement towards or this desire this desire shouldn't be there that this movement away that this fear shouldn't be there who am i am i telling life life the billion year old evolutionary inheritance that it shouldn't be the way it is is that what i'm saying when i say that it shouldn't be this way or maybe instead is it more wise or is it not more wise to simply seek to understand how things are until i come to a point of acceptance until i see it clearly until I understand. And then when that understanding occurs, there is naturally just a welcoming of that which is through the simple recognition that it is what it is and that is all. And there's absolutely no point in saying it should be different what it is because if it was supposed to be different or if it could be different than what it is, it would be. And any, saying anything of the sort is just an imagined idea an opinion, really, coming from a misunderstanding. And and so, at the same time, there's absolutely nothing serious. What's serious? What's there to be feared? What's there to be judged? What's there to be pushed away about, about an opinion, a simple opinion coming from a misunderstanding that presents nothing to judge, that presents nothing to push away? All it is is an ignorance that has happened out of ignorance, because otherwise it wouldn't have occurred. 
And so with recognition of what it is, any judgment of it falls apart, saying, wow, this is just a point of ignorance. There's nothing scary, there's nothing to be feared, there's nothing to be pushed away about ignorance. Ignorance is just ignorance. When ignorance is understood, then the peace and the joy of understanding arises. Judgment and fear and, and guilt, these things all come from illusions. They all come from imaginations. So guilt, for example, comes from the imagined scenario. This shouldn't have happened. I should have known better. But when, when investigated with radical truth, we see that, well, if it should have, if you could have done better, it would have. Really simple as that. And even if you could have done better and you didn't, what's the use of kicking yourself about for it? Does it serve life? Does it support any life? Does it support the ones that were hurt? Does it support you? Does it support life? Well, guilt doesn't support anything. Guilt just serves to generate more guilt. Guilt actually um, goes in the other direction than supporting life. It's, it's a life-consuming energy. And so, all that is necessary is just to regret even in those instances where it could have done better, or it really does seem like it should have done better, what else can you have other than the regret and to learn from your decisions and to just pray or hope that the lesson has been learned? What else is there? Nothing else can be done. You can't force something. <laughs> There's just hope to be as wise as possible, and that's about it in the future, and a regret, decent regret. What else is necessary? So this ego is basically the essence, the crux of it, is this animal kingdomness, and any resistance to it comes from imagination. And instead of resisting or judging it or pushing it away, there is the option to simply welcome it or welcome an understanding of it. How did it come to be that which it is? What is it to me? Is it a thing? Does it have its... Does it even have a reality? Or is it its own? Is it illusion? What, is, what do all these things mean? Not offering any answers, just more questions. So, uh, I think I've shared this before, but the best source for understanding the ego that I am aware of is the lectures of David R. Hawkins. You can type in David R. Hawkins on Audible and look for the lectures. The best one to start with uh, is the 2000, 2002 series. Uh, the first lecture that he gives in the 2002 one. Um, just type it on Audible. You'll find it through looking into it. And if you just listen to that, you'll start to intuit and recognize the ego. And it'll start to dissolve through this understanding as it, as it has and continues to do so for me. So... I hope you enjoyed this one, little understanding about the ego. I'll see you in the next one. You can follow this podcast on Spotify or any podcasting station platform. You can also like it on Facebook um, and Instagram also. Joyfulness Broadcast to stay up to date with any stuff. I don't really have been posting too regularly on that stuff. So I just recommend looking at spotify or letting them recommend uh notify you 
Anyway, thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next one.